some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them before he left. You know, many people have questioned who is the most influential person in a child's life. And uh, so, you know, being the, uh, the scholar that I am, I had to go to the Internet because everything on the Internet is true, right? And so I'm looking, who are the most influential people in, in a child's life? And so I find this article probably not the best place to find an, an article like this. It's like it's in Men's Health Magazine, all right? And because uh, what do guys even know about it, okay? And so it, here's what it, it lists the top five influencers in a child's life. Are you ready? An environmental crusader, an educational pioneer, an entertainer, uh, a former president's couple, two daughters, a web designer, a fitness guru. And so here's my response to that article, baloney, baloney. Uh, it had to have been written. <laughs> it had to have been written by a single guy, all right, uh, who did who knew knew nothing except for the fact that he had a mom. Okay, because uh, we all know the most influential person in a child's life, especially as a baby, is mom. And uh, I, I've talked to people from all walks of life. Okay, I've talked to uh, criminals. I've talked to uh, inmates. Uh, I've talked to bikers. Uh, I've talked to some of the roughest people you've ever met in your life and talked to them. And they said, let me tell you the most important person in my life is my mom. Is my mom, especially as a young baby and as, a, as, as just a young child because, you know, that child heard its mom's voice before it was even born. And Debbie used to talk to our kids when and she was expecting and talk to them. And I know that there are those of you mothers, and you've done that, and we certainly, uh, you're, you're, you've got that connection with your children. We went down to camp, Brendan, Brendan mentioned went to camp, and uh, as soon as I got there, a, a little bit later in the day, my granddaughter came, Blair, she's going to be dedicated in a few minutes. She was there. She come jumping out of the vehicle, running up there, and she said, I want to see my best friend, Pawpaw, my best friend, Pawpaw. So all day long. I'm her best friend, okay, best friend, Papa, best friend, best friend. Couldn't get enough of it, okay? So eventually, you know, I left. I went home. And then last night they came to the house, and she walked to the door and I said, hey, I'm your best friend. She said, no, you're not my best friend. <laughs> I said, who's your best friend? My mom. My mom is my best friend. And so, you know, as, as a child is, is just a young baby and an infant, that mom is the most influential. And then as a child begins to grow, that mom and dad come together and uh, become the most influential people in that child's life. And parents, I want to encourage you that as your children grow, that we choose to continue to influence our children. I, I always had a problem, okay? And I, I don't want to offend anyone here today. But I always had a problem 
with parents that had the attitude of, I can't wait till my kids get old enough and they leave home. I always kind of had a problem with that because uh, truly some of the best times that we have are together as a family. And our children are now grown and they've got children of their own and we love to hang out together and, and, and travel together and all kinds of things. But I want to encourage you as a parent that whether your child is uh, six months old or one year old or five years old or seven or 10 or 15 or 18 or, or 25 or 30, that we continue to be influencers in their life, that we continue to, to lead them and guide them. Because your children need your love, your children need your, your wisdom, your children need your experience. And God has honored us to love our children. And it's an honor today. We've got several children that we're going to be dedicating in a few moments. And uh, I, I, I just, I, I'm a little reluctant to even start, begin to mention names because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget one of them, okay? Okay. Uh, Today, but we've got uh, we got William William Gardner and and, and G- Gabriel Gardner and, and and Carson Heath. We've got Piper Fennell, Blair Kelly, Alex Rio. Uh, I don't know if Clark Weldon's going to be here today because her mother's not feeling very well. Emmett Smith and uh, also Oakley Smith. We're going to dedicate these these kids to the Lord in just a few minutes, and and it, it is an honor. God has honored us as parents to love our children. And our children are dependent upon us for absolutely everything. We, we hear stories, there are less, there's legends and myths about children that are raised by wolves. That's impossible. Because children, <laughs> children need us. They depend upon us for everything, to care for them, to teach them, to help them to survive physically and spiritually and emotionally in every part of our life. But so many times I understand that we're so busy, we're running around, we're, we're, we're trying to make ends meet. I know it's very difficult. Today we've got people that are single parents. We've got people from all walks of life. And I know that it's very challenging today, but I want to encourage you as a parent that we have got to slow down and we've got to take the time that God would help us. We don't want to miss the most important assignment in life, okay? The most important assignment in life is not to be the CEO of Apple, okay? The most important thing in life is not to be the president of Wang. There used to be a, a company called Wang. I think they're now been bought out by someone, okay? But the most important assignment in life is that you be the mother and the father that God has called you to be, and God has honored us to love our children and to be parents today. In Matthew chapter 19, we have a story of parents who brought their children to Jesus to be blessed. These parents recognized their need to care for their children. They recognized that not only did they need to feed and clothe them and provide for their financial needs, but these parents understood that their children had a spiritual and emotional needs, and they brought them to Jesus so that he could bless them. They brought their children to Jesus to dedicate them so that Jesus could bless them and inspire them, and so that Jesus could, 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 could speak a blessing over them. 
And the disciples didn't think this was very important. The disciples didn't think it was very appropriate. And in fact, when the parents got there, the disciples said, no, we don't do, they don't, we don't do that here. No. Jesus doesn't have time for that. You're not important enough. Those kids aren't important enough. But when Jesus heard about it, he put the disciples in, in, in one of the other gospels. He literally got mad at them. He, he got upset. He scolded them. And he said, yes, bring those children here. And Jesus began to explain. He said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to these little children. And then he touched every one of them. He blessed every single one of them. So God has honored us to love our children. God loves your children. God loves your child more than you do today. God understands the needs of your child more than you do. Sometimes our, our children are sick. We don't know what to, what to do. Just begin to pray for them. Say, Lord, touch my children. Sometimes our children get a little bit older. All right, they're teenagers. We're struggling with them. Maybe they go off to college and they're doing some things that we don't care, necessarily care for that they're doing. You say, what am I going to do? We can pray for them. I remember the day that we dropped Brandon off at college in Joplin, and Debbie's crying the whole time. She's crying the whole day. She's so upset. And we dropped him off. We got him all lined out in the dorm. We're leaving Joplin, Missouri. And Debbie said, Bob, what are we going to do? I said, babe, we've done all we can do. <laughs> we've had, I think he was 19 years old, just turned 19. We've gone as far as we can possibly go with him. And we got to trust that we have led him in the right way, in the right path, and we can pray for him. So if you don't know what else to do for your kids, pray for them today because God loves your children. And God has honored us with the ability to love our children. God has honored us with the ability to lead our children. And I think about this. There was a time when God was a priority. There was a time in America where God was part of everything. And uh, I, I, the more Christians I talk to, I talk to not only Christians, but I talk to people in our society. They're not very happy with the condition of America today. And it's like they're gonna, we're going to throw our hands up. We say, what in the world happened to America? Well, people forgot all about God. You know, God is no longer a priority. God's an afterthought. God, here's what's happened in America. God is the first thing we cancel. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good We didn't. You know, we were looking for a reason not to come to church today. So, you know, the, God's the first thing that we mark off the list. And so we look at the condition of America, and I'm just here to tell you right now that we didn't get in the condition we're in right now overnight. And the reason is because God is no longer a priority in, in our homes, in our everyday home. That's where it's happening, folks. It's, it's not happening in Washington, D.C. It's happening in our household today. And we got to get back to making the Lord first and foremost today is what we've got to do. But folks have got a brand new idea of God, about God. We've walked out of church. We never came back. And here's the result. We're a generation or two into people that don't even know anything about God, Okay. And so we got to bring our children to Jesus. These parents, they brought their children to Jesus. 
And we've got to teach our children. We've got, we've got to teach our children to place their hope in Jesus. You say, how do I teach my children to place their hope in Jesus? You place your hope in Jesus. You tell your children about the times that God has showed up in your life. You tell your children your personal testimony. Tell your children the testimony about how one day you were a train wreck and Jesus Christ came came along. And you don't know how he you don't know how he did it, but he made all the difference in the world. Tell your children, talk about the goodness of God and lead your children to a place of corporate worship. Your children ought to see you reading the Bible. Your children need to hear you praying. Our children need to see us living a righteous life because the greatest treasure that we've got to give to our children is not $10 million, okay? Folks, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not going to go into a lot of details. My father left our household to go make a million dollars. That's why he told me when I was a teenager, Bob, I'm just doing it for you kids. I'm just, I didn't care anything about money. I didn't need any of that. I didn't want any of that. I wanted my dad. Our kids want us. They're vying for our attention. They're vying for our love today. And so your kids are crying out for you. And God has given us the ability to love our children and to lead our children. And, and so let's impart Jesus to our children. Let's, let's te we're teaching our children a lesson every single day in how we walk and in our relationship with other people and in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And our children learn best by watching us. So God has honored us to love our children, to lead our children, and also to teach our children. We've got a responsibility today because our children are so alert. Our children are watching us. Our children are, are learning from us. Every single day, they're watching us. When I was a boy, uh, I always wanted to be like my dad. And uh, I, my dad was a manager for the Singer Sewing Machine Company. Anyone ever heard of Singer Sewing Machine Company? And uh, was a manager of that store, had a store in, in all over the place. We lived in Arkansas there, Rolla all over the place. He was also a pastor. He also played the guitar, okay? So I'm a five-year-old boy. So I would tell everyone, I am going to be, <laughs> when I grow up, I'm going to be a singer man, a guitar man, and a preacher man. <laughs> you know? <it's laughs> I don't think I've mastered any one of those, okay? <laughs> I'm trying at a couple of them, okay? I'm trying at a couple of them, all right? And so our parents love to watch us. Our parents, our, our children, our children love to watch us. Our children love to listen to us. Our children love to imitate us. And so every day, God has honored us with the ability to teach and to train and to guide our children today. Your children are not born with wisdom. Your children are not born with discernment, but every day they're accumulating knowledge by watching over what you do. Let me share this couple of verses here. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 says this, live wisely among those who are not believers 
and make the most of every opportunity. Verse 6, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. How on, you say, Pastor Bob, how in the world does that apply to me as a parent? Okay, did you know this? That though your child is innocent, though your child knows nothing about sin, though, though your child is absolutely perfect, they're still an unbeliever. <laughs> because they don't know God. Okay? The only thing they know about God is what they see in you. And so I believe that Paul was even writing this, these verses to parents that we live wisely among are unbelieving children because right now they're, they just don't know, okay? And they, they need knowledge. They need understanding. Our little children, they're innocent. They know nothing of sin. But at the same time, they know nothing about God or they know nothing about his son, Jesus Christ. And so as parents, we have a responsibility to care for and to teach and to train our children. And Paul says this. He said, live wisely, especially Every single, in your everyday life, live wisely. And we got to check our behavior. And we've got to check our actions. And it, it matters how you treat your next door neighbor. It matters, okay? How you treat that guy at, at the, at the drive-up window, that lady at the drive-up window, it matters how you treat them because your kids are watching, okay? And if you're mouthing off to everyone, if you're giving everyone else a piece of your mind, if you're flipping everyone off, if you're cussing everyone out, your children are learning that same exact behavior. So Paul says this, we have got to live wisely among those that just don't know God. And your children right now don't know God. They're learning about God from you. I, I, You know, we, we want to be successful, okay, in our life. And, and I measure my success by my family. I measure my success by my children. I measure my, my success by my grandchildren. It is not about my bank account, but it's rather what I impart, the things of God, imparting them, those things to them. My, my conduct matters. The way I talk matters. And there should be a difference in how I treat other people. There should be a difference in how I live. Why? Because I say that I'm a Christian. I say that I am a believer today. And so God wants us to do this to model our behavior and to model Jesus and to love other people like Jesus and to conduct our business affairs like Jesus. We all want our children to succeed. Parents right now are pushing harder than ever. We want our children to succeed We've got them in every imaginable sport because we want them to play for, you know, some college team. We want them to be a professional baseball or football player. We're pushing our kids to, to play the violin. We're pushing our kids to get involved in all kinds of sports and ex extracurricular activities. Our kid is three years old. We've got him in a, in a daycare center, and he's learning, learning German, okay, in a daycare center. And he says, he's brilliant, He's going to be a, a, a Rhodes Scholar, okay? That's great. <laughs> That's wonderful, okay? But the Bible says this, if you, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul, we've got to make sure that we're teaching our kids the right 
thing today. I understand about good education. I'm, I, there's no one that believes in good education more than I do. Okay, There's no one that believes in, in uh, uh, going to college or going to a trade school and, and learning a marketable skill. Brandon came to me when he was in high school. He said, Dad, I don't know if I'm college material. I said, that's okay, son. I don't just learn a good marketable skill because everyone's got to learn to do something. I don't care what it is, if it's being that roofer or that mechanic or whatever it is, doctor or, or whatever it is, everyone's got to learn a marketable skill. We want our kids to succeed, but what we, what we need to, 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 to be passionate about is that our kids would succeed in their walk in relationship with the Lord today because that is the thing that truly matters. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 tells us this, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. The fear of, of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Imagine that. Imagine that. That all wisdom is based upon whether, we, whether or not we know God, whether or not we fear God. You see, fearing God reminds us this. It's all just temporary. We're just passing through. There's a spiritual drought in America today. And lots of kids and families have never read the Bible together. They've never walked into a church together. They've never prayed together. But Solomon said the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. And so we got to get back to that in our home. If you say that you're a child of God, if you say that you're a Christian, that we need to be that kind of an example to our children, that we show them what it is to live for God, that we show them that Jesus is the greatest treasure that we've got. Because if we will make Jesus the foundation of our life, he will see us through the, the seasons of life. Here's the biggest problem I got with getting older. Well, my back's hurt me. My arthritis is flaring up. I, my mind thinks I can do one thing. My body says, no, you can't. We ain't going to do that. No, the biggest problem getting older has nothing to do with my body, okay? It's what it's got to do with I'm losing a lot of good people. There's a lot of good people that's checking out. There's a lot of my old compadres that's leaving this old earth. But they've set their treasure and they've set their sights on the things of God. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. Let, wants us to teach and to train and to guide our children, to raise them up, because one of these days we are going to leave and they are going to take over for us. They're going to take over for us. I, I, I'm going to close this with, this with this little story. Have any of you guys ever played with your dad's shoes? I can remember being a boy and have, get my dad's black shoes out and playing with my dad's shoes, and I'm like five years old, and I'm putting on my dad's shoes, and I'm messing around, and I'm laughing in it, and I'm trying to walk around and say, hey, Daddy, Daddy, look at me. <laughs> look at me, Dad. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, Dad. <laughs> I'm having a blast. I'm having the most fun in my life. And flashback to many years later, and I look, and Ethan, our youngest son, was in my bedroom one day, and he said, Dad, look at me. Look at me. 
and he had my shoes on. Look at me, Dad. Look at me, Dad. I'm just like you. I'm just like you. And it's a sobering thought, James, that I need to be careful. I need to be careful what I say. I need to be careful what I do. I need to be careful with what I entertain myself with. Because one of these days, my kids are going to be just like me. And I want to lead them in the right way. And I want to guide them. And if I say I love Jesus, then bless God, I want to love Jesus at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night. If I say I love Jesus, I want to love him on vacation a thousand miles away. If I say I love Jesus, I could be in a foreign country all by myself and I want to do the right thing and live the right way because it matters. It makes all the difference in the world. Our children are watching us and God has given us the honor to care for our children, to love them, to lead them, and to teach them. He truly has.